Hello and welcome to Goblet Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings who are reading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about chapter 18 and drinking some vile drink that some bitch named M makers drink. So grab a glass of something that makes you want to vomit and join us on this drunken, reminiscent journey. Fuck you, M. Hello. Hi. I have considered quitting the podcast more times in the last day than I have in the last four years. I went to three shops today to try to find mead so that we wouldn't have to drink this until next year. Yep. And I did not find mead. No, no we went to four. Four. I four. went to a shop, yeah. And then we went to a shop together and you went to three. So that's five shops. Five. Five shops shops five shops i would rather do five shots than than this how are you let's start with that i'm filled with all consuming dread yeah same (laughs) you know what's really funny is people are going to be like listening to this like what the fuck what kind of monstrosity they have drunk mayo and jaeger they have drunk a raw egg they've drunk congealed baileys with lemon juice they've drunk Come, they're gonna be like what the fuck could be worse and we're not gonna tell you yet because we're gonna do the rest of the intro bit and you guys are gonna be like really this this This? is what you're complaining about but um anyway yeah i'm filled with um dread yeah my arms feel numb from how how nervous i feel Mm -hmm. we might be being babies i don't know aside from that i mean i'm questioning my choice in friends Again, because of this drunk. But um, no, I'm. How am I? How, <laughs> how, how are am you? I? Um, getting a bit anxious about the move, just logistically. I had a dream that my dad and cousin turned up to move me, and I'd forgotten to pack. Yeah, that's that's quite an anxiety-inducing thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, worried about that, like logistically, but actually quite looking forward to actually being at my parents for a couple of months. Bizarrely, I will regret that twenty-four hours in. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to, like, the festive period. It's almost December. It feels weird. We're going to record our uh, Christmas episode today. And that feels weird because it's the earliest we've ever done it. So I don't feel remotely festive yet. Yeah, that's how I am. How are you? I'm fine. I feel... I was going to say a lot less anxious. The anxiety is now coming from this drink, but I handed my notice in at my job. Woo! Woo! Starting my new job in the second week of January. So I've got some time to work through my notice period and relax, enjoy Christmas. So I'm very excited about that. By the time you guys listen to this, it will be the beginning of January, I think. That's mad. I know, we're getting really ahead. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling really excited for December and the festive period. I love December. Mm-hmm. None of this matters to you guys because you listen to this in January and January is the worst, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm I'm good. Uh, my mind is screaming at me to get out though. Like genuinely the back of my mind is like, get out, just run away, just quit. Just quit the podcast, quit life. Yep. You'll be fine. You don't need this podcast. Yeah. Charlie will forgive you. No, 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 no. We don't have any patrons and reviews to do because we've done episodes so back to back yeah. to back. So um, question... If when we started you knew that one day we would drink this, would you still make it an alcoholic podcast? This has to be worth being flown to America and doing LeakyCon. And the amount of free alcohol we've got in this time. This has to be worth it. 
But I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure it is. <laughs> this feels like a Bush Tucker trial. It does. Genuinely. People are going to be so shocked at what we're about to say we're Genuinely drinking. It really feels like gonna... someone is asking me to eat a, a, a kangaroo testicle. People are going to be like, really? All this fuss was for that? Um, Hannah. Yeah. What are we drinking today? It's something called a Caesar. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, it is some sort of souped up Bloody Mary. <laughs> Now, as I said to Neil earlier, I have lived nearly 28 years on this planet without having drunk tomato juice and that is tomato juice and that is by choice i have no wish to drink tomato juice i find the idea of it abhorrent it makes me want to vomit Mm -hmm. a caesar isn't tomato juice though it's clamato it's clamato juice which is clam and tomato juice yep this is a patron alcohol by some cunt named M. Hannah doesn't like that word, but Hannah, I think it's justified. No, it's not that I don't like that word, and it is justified. Um, <laughs> it, it's clamato juice, vodka, Tabasco sauce, black pepper, Worcestershire sauce, with a salt rim. So, let's break this down. I have no desire to ever drink Bloody Mary. No. The idea of tomato juice to me disgusting i can only ever picture this tasting like cold tomato soup but too thin it's not as thick as tomato i know soup. but like ugh. no i you know if, i guess many episodes ago now we drunk that shot that i now can't even remember what it is that was like really savory and i found that disgusting because to me alcohol should be not even necessarily sweet but definitely shouldn't be savory and this to me is savory and that just feels all wrong i hate stuff with the salted rim but the idea of clam juice is just so disgusting to me. And I think because to me, I associate clam <laughs> with <laughs> vaginas. <laughs> and I'm aware that this is a bit hypocritical as a bisexual woman to be like, ooh, vagina juice sounds disgusting. But like, when you're drinking it with tomato juice, yes, it sounds disgusting. Like, and even like clam, I'm not a seafood person. No, I don't like it, seafood. But like no like i'll fuck up a prawn but that's it i find the concept of seafood disgusting yep. the idea of clams absolutely never nope nope clam just uh, i don't care if it's vagina or actual clams no in fact i think i'd rather have vagina juice i'd rather have a glass full of tomatoey discharge than i would actual clam juice hannah's losing her shit no because i'm sitting here like i agree i agree <laughs> no one no one no we wouldn't do that don't bother patroning that we would not do that we have limits and the limits are bodily fluids (laughs) i'm really surprised no one's been like drink piss (laughs) i think we've said no to that before (laughs) anyway it's um, it's actually this is like all of the things that i don't want to drink combined and i hate it and i know that we've probably drunk worse but oh i hate it and the thing is it's not it's not even a shot it's a long fucking drink i have decided that i will sip this if it makes me wretch or gag i am not finishing the whole thing i'm getting another drink i'm sorry coward no i'll probably do the same (laughs) and the thing is um so apparently this is like a popular canadian drink fuck canadians i thought americans were the problem i've decided canadians (laughs) are the problem fuck canada um fuck canada 
Oh, we should have we should have done the intro in Canadian accents. Oot in a boot. <laughs> Oot in a boot. <laughs> that's all. That's the only thing I know how to yeah, say. I don't know Canadian. how to say anything else. A message early saying. That being said, I did absolutely send you this drink to be bad on purpose. I don't want you to have a good time. Em's not a nice person. I'm getting the bucket. That's a bin. I can vomit in it. Please don't vomit. <laughs> um. What else can we talk about? I'm stalling. <laughs> How are these sexy orphans doing? No, no. Shall we both film ourselves? <laughs> I genuinely don't think I can do this. I already feel myself my throat, you know, when you're like, gonna vomit. Oh my God. I'm gonna sniff oh it. God. It smells savoury. That smells like... Not like soup, but just so savoury. <laughs> okay. Imagine <laughs> shaking. <laughs> this obviously it feels like a bush tucker trial. Like I have food anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, I don't want to do this. Okay, I bet we do it one at a time. No, because one of us has to watch the other. Okay, I want to go first. Okay. <laughs> You're gesturing like you've been possessed. Okay. 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 I'm not going to say anything. Go. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. It got worse. Oh, my God. Nope. Here's the thing. That might be the closest to vomiting I've come on the podcast. Here's the thing. It's not as bad as that shot we had that had pepper in. But it tastes like I am trying to drink a sauce that has come with a burger and I don't like sauces. <laughs> Ugh. I'm wondering how much of my issue with that was the salty rim because I fucking hate a salty rim. Yeah. And But that just got worse the longer... I, it genuinely just tastes like I've tried to drink like a burger sauce. I feel sick. Yeah. From one small sip, I actually feel sick. Yeah. We've never... Have we ever not drunk anything before? No. I don't think we have. Never. I think we should have one more sip each. Yeah. I'm and hoping... then assess whether we can even get another drink and manage a couple of sips of this throughout yeah. the episode. I'm going to get some tissue and remove the salty rim. That's okay. that's my negotiation. That's fine. Okay. 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 At the same time? Oh, you've done it. Oh, no, 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 it's like, no, it's, no, 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 oh. cold, liquidy, thin soup. No, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hate, I can't. I'm re- I, I hate backing down. I hate losing. We've never, we've never backed down and not I drunk can something. Take, the problem is, it's also, it lasts so long, I yeah, can taste it It lasts and mouth. it gets worse. Like, it, it's not going. Even drinking squash, it's not going. No, I'm sorry, Em. We've sipped it. I can't, I can't do it. The first time, we'll call this episode the first time we failed. Yeah. I will say, I feel like we need some kind of, like prize or title to anyone that makes no because that's gonna fucking encourage what it what were you gonna say but like for any <laughs> to be like commiserations if we can't drink what you submit yeah i feel like there needs to be 
I don't know. Maybe. We're not sending you the money back. <laughs> Fuck no. you. Fuck no. No. I but I mean even I know this is a shit prize, but like some kind of like Discord role. Oh yeah. Uh, to commemorate what's the word? Yeah. Like the yeah, fact I know what you mean, yeah. That you defeated you us. You defeated us. You Em defeat- is the first person. Like a, we've we've not, 107 episodes. We've not like we've had drinks before that we haven't finished them, but we've always made a very good go and drunk a considerable amount yeah we always drink over half and we try to drink it throughout the episode we'll finish any shot i I can't do this i actually can't i will because the thing is it will be a bad episode because i i yeah i I will actually vomit yeah i'm not i'm so sorry em so em i hope you're happy you're the first person we can't we can't we tried. We um, je- we tried two sips, and genuinely, we both almost threw up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm going to pause this now while we go and get another drink. Yeah. Congratulations, Em. I hope or you're commiserations. happy. I don't know which one you want from us. <laughs> <laughs> the absolutely disturbing thing is, me and Charlie just took those out the room, and I said to Neil, "Neil, do you want this? I'm going to pour it down the sink." And he went, "Yeah." And he's now got both of them yep. in with him. That's... So, um, if it's any other consolation, Neil's drinking them both because he's a fucking freak. That is, I really think you need to be questioned. I am questioning. Yeah, I am questioning. As being I say with to him. you, probably two or three times every time I see you, you don't have to be with him. Based on this, I don't want to. Be. I can. I'm not exact. I can still taste it. I can taste I've it. I've drunk loads of squash at this point. So we've decided to not go with anything that overshadows the drink. Obviously, the Caesar is the moment of this episode, so we've gone with wine. wine. I feel like I don't think we've had wine in years. No, it's back to our like default, which really is really satisfying. Default. Yeah, I like we did a like little like Q and A thing the other oh, day on yeah. Instagram stories, and someone said to us like, "What's the drink that you've liked the, the most? most, or something like that?" And I was like, "I don't know," because there's like a lot, and it's really hard to think. Uh, we do now have that list that uh, that Dorka, who we mentioned a lot recently, yeah. put together. But it's hard to say. But <laughs> what I find funny is that I drink wine now. I don't drink red, but like I drink white and mm. I will drink rosé. But remember when we started Goblet of Wine you and didn't I didn't drink like wine? wine? And it's literally just through like the podcast, the times we've had to drink wine. Yeah, I don't feel. <laughs> I don't feel well. I feel well in the fact that we have both just admitted that we're not going to do that. No, I feel like we're still gonna, like I could be sick. We'll put the videos of us trying up so you can see. The thing is, I don't think the videos show how bad it is because after the first sip, I was keeping very calm. I was just I, like, okay. I was amazed by your reaction. I was like, oh, it's not that bad then. And then I did it and I was like, go Hannah. I was... I didn't want to make it even worse for you and I was trying to keep very... And if, to be honest, the salty rim actually helped me because it distracted from what was in there. Like, I I don't love a salty rim, but I don't mind one. And the mouthful of salt I got in the first thing was like, okay, I can cope with this. Mm. And it was the second sip where I took it from the same place where there was no salt left where I was like, no, 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 no. I hate a salty rim and I was like very optimistic that the second sip was going to be a lot better, but it... It was just as bad, but in different ways. Um, seven episodes. I feel like we have failed. Like a bit of bread or some crisps that I could just quickly stuff in my mouth. Yeah, I feel would like you I like to some, actually? I've got eat. some bacon rashers. Would you like some bacon rasher crisps? Yep. I just feel like I need to eat something. 
That, I can't believe that beat all the other bad alcohol we've I had know. recently. And also, all the bad alcohol has been compressed into this fucking yeah. book. Let us out of this hellhole, please. I know. I like that literally a few episodes, I was like, please, nice stuff, nice stuff, please. Knowing this was already coming down the pipeline. Yeah, but also like, it's just, yeah. Anyway, give us nice stuff. Um, <laughs> this is horrible. I hate this. Yeah. Give us like, we really like the ones from your country. Yeah, those are fun. Disgusting we actually normally, have rapper coming up, which means we can do an Italian intro. Yes. We need Bordering to... on racist. It's not racist. <laughs> it's not racist. The Italians aren't a racist. It's xenophobic. No, I know. But I, you know, people online are like, Italians are the black people of white people. <gasps> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Wow, have you not seen this? So you don't want me to go, Italian. <laughs> Mamma mia! <laughs> I will do that the entire grapper episode. <laughs> After every sentence, I will end it with Mamma mia! Is it Dolmio, the pasta friend that has the like puppets with the like. <laughs> We're having Dolmio tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's coming up next uh, on uh, next that. Year. But yeah, we've got that coming up. What other alcohols do we like? Not gross things. I know Charlie said two years ago. Stop being so nice. <laughs> she takes it back. Look, after two years, you broke me, okay? You broke me. You guys win. We lose. It is not so much more satisfying to hear us gush about how lovely the drink you selected for us is as opposed to hearing us actually wretch. Yeah. Do you want to hear us wretch? No. So um, this is the call. <laughs> Stop it now. I give us, uh, like, honestly, a passion fruit martini. I would say an espresso martini. We, we've done that. We've we had one earlier, actually. The thing is, it's difficult. I understand it's difficult after 107 episodes to come up with but something. We can, I get we that. We can redo stuff. Yeah, we can redo stuff. And I always offer this, and no one has ever said, if you want to make something wild up, but you're like, that's too much for them to buy, message me on Patreon, mm-hmm. because we have a cupboard full of alcohol from doing this podcast. And so do I. I've and so does Charlie. And we, you can mix something up with what we've got. Between us, we probably have, I am not joking, 60 bottles of alcohol. Oh, easily. Easily up to a hundred like it's a bit scary yeah. so if you want to make something and we've got all like bitters and syrups yeah and stuff if, as if well. you want to make something up but you're like oh they can't buy all that just message us and we'll work something out together maybe we should have like a public excel doc like an inventory of what we have in Ooh, that would be good yeah, yeah. okay i'd have to inventory my cupboard but yeah i saw a tiktok about someone at a party that hid like loads of like it wasn't even shots it was like miniature bottles of alcohol in their bathroom cabinet along with a camera and a note saying like oh if you're caught snooping you have to do a shot and then just did like a video montage of all the people like opening the cabinet and being like fuck and then like having to do a shot but i don't think it works here because my bathroom cabinet is low not high what made me laugh about this is she explained it to neil and neil went who on earth would do that (laughs) and we looked at each other like fuck are we the bad people if I come to your house, I will go through your bathroom cabinet and I don't feel bad about that. I thought that was normal. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the comments on the TikTok were the same. It was 50-50. Some people being like, what the fuck, that's such a violation. Why would you ever do that? And the other half being like, who doesn't do that? I'm literally but, like, shocked that people don't. thing is, like, there is obviously a line. If there was ever, like, a cabinet that, like, looked like it might have something personal in or yeah. was, like, a bit more out the way or something, like, I wouldn't just go through a random cabinet. But the, but ones, the ones that are above sinks and mirrored, 
Fair I'll game. open it. I'll open it. It, it is oh. on you if you keep anything personal in yeah. there. It is on you. A hundred percent. Like, as I said, I would never in a million years go through someone's bedside drawers. <laughs> never go through mine. Never go. Never, never, never. Bathing cabinet at eye level. Fair game. And there's a new feature on Spotify now. <laughs> Did you what? see that? You can leave comments on this podcast episode. <gasps> yes! Okay. Spotify so- have introduced a new feature. Okay, so it's not even comments. Basically, what it is, is that we can now ask our audience questions. Yes. And you can actually reply if you use Spotify you can literally reply to the questions that we'll ask on this episode whereas before like you have to go and leave a review or go to our socials yeah. and yeah. yeah so what we're going to do from now on and I will say I've not actually gone into work out I think we can do multiple questions but you can definitely do at least one so we're going to be asking like this is so much fun honestly they like introduced it and they did like an auto one on our last episode as in the last one we uploaded so like a few episodes ago that was like what did you think of this episode and the re- way we found out about it was, was- comments coming through to yeah. us we were like fuck what's so this then people were like raving about the episode and we were like what, what? is this we just got an email notification and we were like this is so sweet I need to go back and check the other one and then also what we can do is we can pin replies <gasps> so if there's any really great replies we can pin them and then when other people are like uh, playing the episode they can like go and like view yeah, them yeah so you stuff. can go and look at other people's replies so yeah, yeah the question for this episode is do you go through people's bathroom cabinets? Yes. There might be multiple questions. We will see if that's possible and if anything else comes up. But yeah, I'm really excited about this because it means that when we're debating something, we can add it as a fucking question. Yeah, we're so excited about it because we do, because of podcasting, like it's not like YouTube where you have that instant comment section, which we like because it creates that slight level of separation yeah. and there's a lot of reasons we like it. But we do have this thing where we're like oh we want to ask you guys and we hear back on Twitter and Instagram and it's all a bit separate and to be fair we do have our Discord podcast hour which admittedly we both haven't done in a while because life's been chaotic but we're gonna (laughs) get back to that yeah we'll get back to that really sorry uh, to the Discord people but yeah we're gonna get back to doing that so if you actually want to have like a back and forth conversation with us then you can join our Discord it's literally it's it's like two dollars it's two dollars a month and yeah after each episode we haven't done it in a while but we will in the new you're listening to this in the new year we'll be back doing it by then we jump on for an hour each and literally discuss the episode with you guys yeah. and it turns into chaos yeah <laughs> and it's like a back and forth thing but yeah like we said it's literally two dollars or if you're trans then it's free for trans people you just have to message us but yeah also discover this feature on spotify that we don't know about yet <laughs> yeah no but I'm, I'm i'm really really excited about that so yeah, yeah i am do you go through people's bathroom cabinets <laughs> i like that people are gonna be like oh great they can use this feature if you know what's your harry potter theory and we're like do you go, go through, through people's, people's bathroom cabinets <laughs> Okay, chapter 18, birthday surprises. Oh yeah, this is a Harry Potter podcast. This is a Harry Potter podcast, not a bathroom cabinet podcast. <laughs> oh my God, great idea. Like, you know how Glossier started because it was into the gloss and they did the top shelf, like going through people's like skincare and makeup yes. shelves. Just bathroom cabinet. That, great. like, but not articles, a podcast. And we literally interview random people about what's, like, in, what's their in your bathroom cabinet and they have to pull every single item out. Yeah, and we're like, and they're like, this is medication. And we're like, what's it called? And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, what's it for? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Would you listen? And then we Google the side effects and we're like, did you get the constipation? <laughs> <laughs> so invasive. Um, <clears throat> chapter 18, birthday surprises. So it's the next day and Harry is telling Ron and Hermione 
about the mission Dumbledore has given him. But he's sending them separately because they still aren't speaking. Well, that is not actually true. This chapter makes it very clear that it is Hermione not speaking to Ron and not the other way around. Ron is perfectly fine with being around Hermione and willing to speak to, not just willing, wants to speak to her. Hermione is the one that keeps walking off and saying horrible things to him, which is valid and she's right. It is, but also how long has it been now? Okay, so this chapter, I was going to talk about this later, but we actually may as well talk about it now. This chapter takes place over six weeks, which is incredibly impressive. Like, I think I really... I think we've gone through the books and not noticed how well J.K. Rowling actually does time until we're going to get to book seven, where the time is done awfully because she doesn't have the school year to structure it. But this chapter is over six weeks and it just felt normal. But if you if you think they fell out beginning of December... And this chapter takes place on the 1st of March and she starts speaking to him on the 2nd of March when he wakes up. That is December, January, February. Three months. She doesn't speak to him for. I think that's too long to hold a grudge. It is a little bit, yeah. About a high school but crush. But how do you come... But this is the problem. Once you start a grudge, it's yeah. very, very hard to come back from. You're just saying that because you're a ridiculously stubborn person. I am. <laughs> no, because I understand for Hermione how once you've gone that far into a grudge, I think the speed with which she starts talking to Ron again in the next chapter, I'm like, she wanted to talk to him again anyway. She's I... just like, oh, how do I walk myself back from this this situation that I've got myself into? <laughs> Admittedly, like, I am a ridiculously forgiving person, like, to a flaw. To the point where I, like, just forgive people for shit I absolutely should not. Which is weird, because I'm also a very stubborn also, person in other areas. I'm a stubborn person sometimes. I am, but I'm, I'm like, forgiving, if not a pushover. So I don't, but I don't know when it's... I, I, I do get the hard-to-come-back-from thing, but I'm also just, like you're like how old are they like 16 17 yeah 17 it's a high school crush just like get over it i'm really sorry get over it i know know they end up together and it is love and blah 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 but at this point it's it's a high school crush come on like yeah and the thing is on the previous half of the year in december ron was being horrible to hermione yeah he was bullying her we can clearly tell in this six week the six weeks this chapter's taking place ron isn't isn't bullying hermione he's actually trying to keep the he's trying and she's just giving him nothing back but he's not shoving anything in her face he actually Mm. wants to be friends with her again yeah to me i feel like the line should have been like after the christmas holidays like i do think that actually if this if something like this were to happen to me it wouldn't necessarily be the fact that he went out with lavender that would annoy me it was how horrible he was being mm. to her for the week before he kissed lavender that would absolutely make yeah. me irate and then afterwards because it's afterwards. like he was in the wrong but he was like actively being a dick to her exactly yeah. like uh, yeah i do absolutely agree but i'm also like come on woman i know Get and she does it. immediately once she's been poisoned it's very clear we'll talk about it in the next chapter that she's like fuck he's nearly died i've made a terrible mistake yeah bless her so yeah they have to talk about it separately hermione is very much in the camp of this is going to need strategy dumbledore couldn't get it for a reason whereas ron is in the camp of he fucking loves you just talk to him he'll give it to you straight away yeah so all throughout when i was making notes because i was like typing my phone parts i just kept making typos and either i would keep the typo or i would keep the auto correct so i'm gonna call them out as i go through this because i'm just a big believer in sometimes when you make a typo or there's an auto correct 
It's the universe yeah, telling sure. you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, So that. the first one is the fact that I said that Ron's a dum dum who thinks sluggish will just give it up. <laughs> sluggish. 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 I will say the majority of the typos and autocorrects are around Slughorn's name. I mean, sluggish was... The last chapter was called A Sluggish Memory. So mm. your phone's not wrong. And also Slughorn's not a... It's not a word. Not a word. Oh, <laughs> not a word. <laughs> speaking of Slughorn, this, this is so fucking random that it doesn't really go anywhere. You know how earlier I was texting you that rather than listening to the chapter, I was listening to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I remember that it existed and whenever you do remember that the original film uh, Moulin Rouge soundtrack exists you ha- you're contractually obliged to listen to it sure yeah sure but y- you implied that that was illogical and no I didn't uh, I said sure that makes sense yeah that's implying it doesn't make sense okay fine mm-hmm. however I'm here to argue that it's very relevant good okay please do because Jim Broadbent? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played Slughorn is in Moulin Rouge. Is he? Who the hell does he play in Moulin Rouge? He is in Moulin Rouge. He is in, he Moulin, is Rouge. in Moulin Rouge. Yes. And I started saying that. I was like, I know who he plays in Moulin Rouge. It's so Rouge. funny because I love Moulin Rouge and I watch that film all the time. Is Jim Broadbent still alive? Oh my God. I'm going to be really sad. I think he, he is. But he's it. very old, I think. He's still alive. He's 73. Oh, he's 73. He's a bit younger than I thought. All right. Yeah. I yeah I've I've watched Moulin Rouge so many times and whilst I know that obviously he's Slughorn and he's also he plays Harold in that and despite the fact I've seen Moulin Rouge many many times and obviously I knew that it's him I'd never watched it or like listened to it actively thinking about the fact that that is Slughorn sure so listening to it today I was like that is Slughorn and my god Slughorn's got pipes like that man can sing to the point where I was like, it feels like a shame. I feel like they should have just given Slughorn a musical number. I know it wouldn't fit. No, I don't care. Do it. But like, he's so good. Well, he's like a proper old-fashioned actor, isn't he? Like a triple. I bet he can dance as well. Yeah, but like, he's so good. I, I was this. I'm like, fucking hell, Slughorn. Like, Jesus Christ. You want anyway. him to sing this whole scene? Yeah. No, he Harry. Can- he can sing his like flashbacks when he finally gives up the memory he could like it could be a musical number where he wrestles with like the moral implication of like what he did i'm sure there's a taylor swift song that would fit here that oh yeah yeah yeah. we need the harry potter uh taylor swift uh jukebox musical please we do um anyway that was a whole tangent to be like fuck me slickhorn slickhorn now i'm getting verbal autocorrects um slughorn can sing right we're in potions okay we're in the potions lesson and they're doing antidotes. Hermione is so annoyed she's not talking to Harry because Harry's a dick. I don't really remember why. So they're doing antidotes for a blended poison. And the theory is for a blended poison, the antidote is equal to more than the sum of antidotes from each separate component. Now, I've spent my whole life not understanding what the fuck was going on in this chapter. So I really tried to understand this chapter. So we're going to go through what is actually going on. Spoiler warning. this bit kind of makes sense okay so you've got a poison that's made up it's not like a completely known poison so you need to do a spell to find the 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 separate ingredients that are going into it and an antidote for each of those ingredients that makes sense to me 
But then Slughorn says they have to create this custom antidote, which I was like, yeah, with all the ingredients, so there are antidotes to each separate ingredients. But then he says, you have to find the added component that then transforms the disparate elements into an antidote that works. That doesn't make any sense to me. No. All right, I got it until that point. Why Why is there one component that brings all these antidotes together into one antidote? And how the fuck are they meant to find that? Yeah, my entire thought on this thing is that... They should have been shown first. It, it makes no sense. Like We're finally... There's finally some kind of like magical law. This is fantastic. Like some this, po- is, this is so useful. making law, blah, blah, blah. No one understands and it is not explained. Nope. This is this isn't even bad teaching. This is not teaching. He has just said a bunch of gibberish. Yep. He's even referenced the fact that they they need to use a certain spell, which later Harry remarks that he can't just copy Hermione because she's doing the spell non-verbally. Why isn't this spell taught? What? Are they supposed to guess the spell? Why is it not in a textbook book? Why is he not taught them? I don't understand. He's not even told them the spell. And surely, like the entire class looking confused when he says it and then later like not knowing how to do it he should be like oh maybe i need to actually explain this why does he just and the thing is i kind of like that this is in there because i feel like it's very true of like academia sometimes to be like we're gonna say things as complicated as we can just because we can yeah and really it just makes it like incredibly inaccessible from anyone from like certain backgrounds anyone with learning disabilities or anyone that quite frankly brain just can't translate gibberish and it's like it's bad writing like if people cannot understand what you're saying because you're shoving in so many long words and ridiculous convoluted ways of saying things your writing is bad yeah and it's uh, yeah I, f- I feel like this is quite accurate but it's also like really really frustrating because it's like he's just read some nonsensical words from a textbook not told them the spell not explained what they actually have to do and then he's just like off you go and it's like the kind of task that surely they should have several lessons on this and then this should be the last lesson in like a segment about antidotes like normally this would be like not necessarily a unit but like part of a unit where they would have surely several lessons all about antidotes and about poisons because you've got to learn yes. about the poison to learn about the exactly. antidote and it should be several learning lessons yep. and then the last task which is a graded task will be to make the antidote it's not just ah uh, blah 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 off you go and then when everyone fucks it up he's not then like oh only one person in this class has managed to do this clearly i need to go back and refocus on this which is a thing that teachers do when everyone scores badly i mean we don't actually know he doesn't do that because i don't think we'll ever hear about a potions lesson again in this book (sighs) no but yeah it's just really it's i just at this point i'm like jk rowling come on what annoys me about it is it's very clear from what Harry says, that they all get different poisons in this lesson to solve. Therefore, it would have been absolutely fine for Slughorn to take a poison and show them how it's done on a poison before they do this. And what annoys me is, this is really cool. This isn't just what we've had for six years, which is, here's instructions on how to make the potion make the potion. Which, Mm -hmm. what are they learning apart from how to follow Follow the recipe instructions this is something really adaptable and useful you've got a poison i don't know i guess unless it's a really fast acting poison this makes sense someone's been poisoned with something there's a bit left you've got to work out what it is there there are going to be use cases for this and it's so fascinating and also the first bit makes sense you need to separate all the ingredients then work out the antidote each separate ingredient I don't know about the bit that brings it all together. The, or the spell. 
the spell to separate yeah that should have maybe been taught at some point i don't know but yeah like there is no reason for slughorn not to show them first because each poison is different he's not telling them how to do it he's showing them on a poison and then they all take a different poison and have to work out how to do it on their poison this is just in here so that harry will do the bezor thing yeah yeah my latest typo was slugthian and what annoys me as well Harry doesn't even try and work it out. I know. He's just like, oh, I don't get the answer from the book. And it's like, Harry, use your brain. Sit there and actually, like, because I feel like when you're in a lesson and you don't understand things. Yeah. Like, say it's a maths equation or something. You sit there and you reread it and you really try and work it out and you break it down. Harry's just like, oh. Oh, I don't get well, it. I'm just not gonna, gonna try and me. copy Hermione and copy other people and just put random things in there. Well, I think because he's been coasting this whole year, he's been riding off the coattails of the prince and hasn't actually done anything yeah. in potions for but, the whole year. And like, I get it. Before he would just copy Hermione, but I'm like, dude, come on, try and you know your reputation's at stake. Just sit down and actually read your fucking textbook. He's like, oh no, I don't. You know, the prince isn't telling me how. Maybe your fucking textbook will read the actual. Stop reading the handwriting writing and read the printed text like (laughs) uh, i know it's so frustrating and for all we know slughorn has explained it more and harry hasn't been fucking listening because he's been just listening to the prince the whole year and hasn't been listening to slughorn's like lectures and talks we don't actually know that that hasn't happened kind of suspect it has apart from no one knows how to do it and other people in the class like ernie doesn't know how to do it and we know ernie actually listens in class so yeah we can assume slughorn hasn't taught them Hermione is super smug because the prince can't help Harry and she's finally going to win, which I do understand as someone who is putting in a hell of hell of a lot of effort for a man to just be swanning in the whole year and winning, why she's being a smug asshole about this. Wait, what's that a reference to? Just the fact that, like, she has been trying her normal amount of... Uh, no, like, I meant in your life, like... Nothing. You, I'm okay. just saying... I thought, like, I thought you were saying that, like, you're going through that. And I was like... No, what? no. I'm just saying I understand as a woman, as all... Oh, yeah. A lot of women will, that men just coast by on this oh, wave do. of things that they have given to them and that they already know. And they you're repeat there something struggling. you said louder and everyone praises them Well, yeah, it. the amount of times I've had that happen to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, uh, thank you You know what genuinely blows my mind is my housemate works in the government. But, like, I hear about her you know work as a civil servant and i've only ever worked in female dominated industries in fashion or in beauty Mm. and yes there's some men but they tend to be men that are used to working around women or they're gay men and i hear about shit that happens at her work and i'm just like i'm so lucky like don't get me wrong i've I've dealt with sexism in the workplace but like the level that she seems to have to actually deal with it i'm just like i'm not sure i could do it and it's wild to hear about because we're quite privileged to have not had to deal with it to the same extent that other people will yeah 100 percent. so harry is like frantically flicking through the textbook trying to find any notes the prince has made and he sees a note shoved at the bottom of the page that says shove a bezoar down their throats and this is where we get one of the most unbelievable parts of this entire book series harry goes i've heard the word bezoar before in my first ever lesson with Snape, he said it's a stone taken from the stomach of a goat that will cure most poisons. No, you don't remember this. When you twat. <laughs> when you were in your first year of sixth, sixth form, form, would you have remembered your first ever year seven lesson? No. No. 
No. And no. especially, who wouldn't remember that? Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. No, there's no way. No way. I, I just, I don't even have, I don't even have a scrap of me that believes this. No. Like, Harry, who didn't recognise his own teacher's handwriting. <laughs> Potter. Harry, who doesn't really notice that his two best friends are in love with him, love with him, and love with each other. <laughs> Potter. Yeah. There's no Harry, who doesn't realise he's in love with Ginny. No. He doesn't realise the girl he's in love with. So he goes and grabs a Beezor from the cupboard. And when Slughorn comes round and is like being like, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. Which also, if every potion is bad, then you've done a bad job, Slughorn. Yep. I mean, and also, even Hermione's not done. She's still stuffing ingredients into her bottle. Which implies that not only were they not taught, they weren't given enough time. Yeah. Like... If even Hermione is still finishing off, then they weren't giving it. Oh, she's, she's putting her own hair in there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's just got what's that uh, mental illness when they pull the hair Alopecia? out? No, that's when I think it just falls out. There's one when it actually oh trichotillomania. Yes, uh, she's actually just developed that out of stress from this impossible task. <laughs> so Harry just opens his hand, and there's a beezor. Um, and Slughorn laughs and says that Harry is just like Lily. He's so funny. And then he says, you know, it would actually be useful to like learn how to do this task because it is kind of important. You won't always have a bezel around, but very funny. Yeah. And it's like, I really hope you have a few more lessons on this so they actually learn. Thing is, like, he didn't... Obviously, he didn't do the task. But the thing was, it wasn't like... The t- I don't know. I feel like the task was to work out the antidote. It yeah. wasn't to give an antidote. It was to work out using that law. So he didn't do the task. No, he didn't. And if Harry was not a fucking white man, no, this would have been not a flyed. No, F- flyed, flown, flued, <laughs> flued, flung, <laughs> flapped. Stop texting. Just mute your laptop. Good point. Hermione and Ron are pretty angry with Harry, which I think is valid. He deserves that anger. Oh, absolutely. Um, but Harry stays behind to try to ask Slughorn a question. Can I ask you a question? I actually have something that I wanted to talk about before that whole potions bit. I don't know if I'm being dumb. Yes. Or misremembering. I also feel like I just said no in an Australian accent. Oh, you bit. did. You, no. 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 Oh, no. No. That hang wasn't on. Australian. That was bad. <laughs> Oh no! I can't no, do it. I can't do no, accents when I. No, you got to put no. two. No, Cleo, Cleo, Cleo. No, no, Cleo. No, you're just doing no. No, I know. I can't do accents when forced. If you want to try and hear me do an accent when forced, we recently went onto a Swish and Flick podcast. Oh yeah, and they said, "What did they say about my American accent?" I fully changed personas, and they were scared. Nice. I don't know if I'm being dumb or if I'm misremembering, but in the seventh book, does Hermione or... Hermione? (laughs) It's the Clemato. (laughs) It's gotten into my brain. Neil drunk both glasses of it, by the way. So quickly as well. I know. Ugh, freak. You're going to have to kiss him later and he's going to taste like tomato. I've already told him I'm not going to kiss him tonight. Mm, Valid. Hermione in the next book, she accios the Horcrux books, doesn't she? Yes. Yes, she does. She does it actually at the end of this book, but tells them in the next yes. book. Yes, yes. Which I am assuming, mm. just to fill in the gaping plot hole there, that Dumbledore has preemptively lowered any enchantments so that she is able to do that. 
I never assume that. I just assume that. But if he hasn't, why could Hermione now, when she's saying, I've not heard of Horcruxes, why couldn't she go Accio Horcrux books? Therefore, why couldn't a Tom Riddle gone Accio Horcrux books? I think books? because at this point, she didn't. She's looked in the library for Horcrux books, and if there aren't any, she doesn't think there are any in the school. And she later realises there must be some in the school because Dumbledore's done research. But Tom Riddle didn't need to. Tom Riddle... Okay, this is the thing. This is what you're forgetting about later in this book. Tom is lying when he says what's a Horcrux. No, no, no. No, I'm well aware of that. No, no, no. But more, I was thinking about this concept in general. Right. About the idea of being able to just accio a book with certain knowledge. Right, yes. As opposed to being accio history of magic, being like accio books about Horcruxes. One, yes, it's kind of a plot hole that unless he... Uh, lowered any protection against those books. I mean, he did have them in his office, so it's also to do with how close they were. Yes. But I'm just assuming there was guarded spells against them and either his death got rid of them or he preemptively lowered them. Yeah, 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 sure. Knowing that the kids would need them. Sure. However. However. This is one of those things that, in my opinion, it's it's can of worms. Can of worms. Right. Book one, Philosopher's Stone and... What's his face? That chap that made it. Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. Accio book on Nicholas Flamel. They don't learn Accio till the fourth book. Harry's so bad at it, it takes him like four weeks to learn how to do it. Yes, but Hermione, in the second book, she makes the Polyjuice potion that's a way advanced potion. Mm. I I fully believe first year Hermione could do Accio. I don't know, but just in general, it's like... I just feel like it opens a can of worms if you're able to accu and i'm aware that we we should be discussing this in book seven but it just got me thinking like the moment when she's like oh i don't know anything about horcruxes like and then it kind of made me think of like i swear she summons those books it just i have always re- found it a bit no, a bit of a plot hole that she just summons the books that it couldn't be like actually dumbledore knew he might die tonight i would almost prefer it if hermione got back up to her room after everything had happened and been like why the fuck are there a load of books on my bed or even dumbledore should have been like hey you're really gonna need to know about these horcruxes here's some books (laughs) yeah give them to harry (laughs) yeah jesus but anyway yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i was like hmm yeah that's slightly that's a bit of a a gamps law kind of yeah so Harry just straight up asks about the Horcruxes and he basically phrases it exactly like Voldemort did, which is obviously going to freak Slughorn out, you fucking idiot. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, So Slughorn goes pale, asks if Harry has seen the memory and Harry's like, well, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I have. And Slughorn just starts yelling at Harry and yeah. slams out the classroom. And he says that he doesn't know anything about Horcruxes. Mm. And I found this line really interesting because I've always like kind of not fully understood, found it a bit plot holy, kind of wondered about Slughorn's motivations with being weird about the memory because one it was an obviously tampered with memory i'm not really sure what he was hoping that they would think like they obviously weren't going to be fooled by it i feel like it's not a bad thing to be like like obviously he shouldn't be going around telling students about the existing existence of horcruxes yeah that's you know not fab however Given the standard of education at Hogwarts, I really feel like that's probably one of the lesser concerns of Dumbledore. But I feel like it's not like he knew what Voldemort was going to become. So I feel like to him to be like, yes, I made a mistake. I should not have told him. But it's not like he told him knowing what 
Tom was going to do or become. Okay, so how I've always viewed it is the order of events slightly differently. And maybe I viewed it wrong this whole time. Slughorn tells Voldemort. He just thinks it's academic interest. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit creeped out by it about the seven question or about the Horcrux question about the seven question because that's not even in any books. And Slughorn is someone who takes academic interest even if it's into something quite dark. He's morally grey. Yeah, he's morally grey. So yes, he does look up how to do dark things because he's one of these people that is academically interested in everything but there's people that would use that to their disadvantage. Voldemort then rises to power but Slughorn convinces himself that no, 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 he hasn't made Horcruxes and he definitely hasn't made seven of them. He never did that. That would be too far. I didn't have anything to do with that. And he kids himself because we've seen Slughorn do that over and over again. He tells himself no, he tells himself no. Voldemort dies. Slughorn thinks, hey, I was right. He's fine. Like, see, no Horcruxes. Voldemort comes back to life and Slughorn then knows without a shadow of a doubt that Voldemort made Horcruxes. And he also knows he probably made seven because of that question. So he is then consumed by guilt. When Dumbledore comes knocking, he then tries internally to be like, it wasn't me that told him. I didn't tell him. I would have yelled at him straight away. Dumbledore then comes knocking. He gives him the tampered memory. I think Slughorn is a very selfish person. So doesn't want his own reputation ruined by doing knowing what he told Voldemort but also he doesn't want to deal internally with the consequences of his own actions which weren't his fault he was telling a 16 year old student who seemed interested who weren't completely his fault so he's just like no 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 it wasn't me it wasn't me that gave him that information he would have either he would have done it anyway or it didn't happen so now he's just stuck in this pit of denial about it Mm. but I think he is the only one that is absolutely sure at this point that Voldemort has seven Horcruxes. He knows Dumbledore suspects, but he's too cowardly and wants to save his own skin so much to actually work with Dumbledore on this issue that Voldemort has seven Horcruxes. The thing is, to me, that's never made full sense because I think that, yes, whilst it might not have been a great thing to do to tell Tom about it, it's not like he knew Mm. and therefore yeah wasn't great but it's not like you know he knew that he was telling this like evil dark wizard no. blah 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 and to me if anything like the confirmation that he's like okay shit yeah he must have horcruxes and seven of them is more motivation to own up about it yeah. and i don't feel like the act of telling him something that at the end of the day tom already knew and tom was already gonna do yeah i don't feel like that is that bad this line to me actually made me wonder is what Slughorn feels bad about and wanting to keep a secret is the fact that he knew what Horcruxes are because he says that he doesn't know anything about Horcruxes he doesn't say I didn't tell him anything about Horcruxes or something like that he Mm. says I don't know anything about Horcruxes I wonder if this is I mean, we know that it's uh, hush-hush. Not really many people know about it or should know about it. And the books that are about it are, like, evil and horrible. So why does he know about it? And I don't know whether he's maybe ashamed of the fact that he actually knows about this dark magic. And Mm. that, it's not the fact that he told anyone he's trying to keep a secret. It's the fact that he knew in the first place. Because Mm. his reaction here is not, 
I didn't tell him. It's I don't know anything about them. Mm. And I also think knowing what we know about Slughorn, he's an incredibly selfish guy. He's all about his own good. It's not the greater good, it's his own good. And he's a man with like a very, very strong... I guess sense of self-preservation. Yeah. You know, he was on the run from the Death Eaters. He was giving up all of the luxuries that he holds so dearly to stay on the run from them. When he knew that someone was coming, he turned himself into an armchair and like staged his death. This is a man that will put his own self and his own protection yeah. and self-preservation above everything else, which leads me to wonder, does Horcrux have a... Does Slughorn have a Horcrux? Or has he even considered it? I don't think he has one. I could believe the fact that he knows a lot about it isn't just academic interest. It is because he has considered yeah. it. I think he considered it. I Yeah, I, I can't see him having of killed I anyone. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he can kill anyone. Yeah, but I do think that he has probably researched methods into like preserving life. And probably Horcruxes came up in that search and probably he was like... Mm okay can't go that far but i i think that to me what makes more sense rather than being ashamed of having told tom about it is that he's ashamed that he knows because he was looking for a way and he might have considered it even for a moment and he feels more ashamed about having that knowledge because Mm. of of how it reflects on the fact that he even for a second thought about it Mm. and that's why he doesn't want to admit to it because he doesn't admit that he knows about horcrux it's not about that he told anyone Mm. that to me makes more sense but that's just me i think both make sense i just love slogan he's just such a he's so good i just love it yes i love it i love that we get to discuss this and we need the slughorn musical number (laughs) if you haven't didn't tell him (laughs) if you haven't seen the moulin rouge film go watch it it's amazing where are you off to more wine such a wine mum cheers i've got a very itchy eyeball i hate that do you want to itch it for me no do you want to touch my slimy little eyeball no after that slughorn kind of goes back to normal with harry and Harry's relieved about that, but he doesn't get any more Slug Club invitations. And he mm-hmm. even asks Hermione and Ginny, like, are there any coming through? And they're not nope. getting any either. Because the Slughorn sets of self-preservation. Yeah. So, and Hermione's also been looking in the library and can find not a single book on Horcruxes. Oh, maybe she should try Accio's. <laughs> February's here. And we then, like, literally have a few paragraphs, like, detailing February. So it's apparition lesson time with Wilkie Twycross. Great name. Who is described as being slightly transparent. (laughs) Hannah, why is this man apparating that much? He's teaching. He's teaching the one wizarding school in the country that, was it 12 lessons they have? Did I make that up? 12 lessons a year, yeah. Yep. 12 days a year, he has to apparate maybe a handful of times. And that's apparently enough to make him slightly transparent. Hey, there will be adults that need lessons. Not that many, surely, if most of them learn in Hogwarts. Yeah, but there will be. A a handful. Bear in mind that a lot of grown wizarding adults seem to apparate to work every day. Mm. So that's twice a day. I mean, I think Harry's... I didn't see this as the amount he apparated. I saw this as the fact that Harry's just a fucking idiot. (laughs) well he's like "Mm, this man's slightly transparent because i'm an idiot no he's just like this man's slightly transparent and i think that's because he apparates a lot and actually harry's just looking like a a pale old man maybe i i I don't know i feel like jk put it in there as like a whimsical because he does it so much he's slightly transparent but it's like how much 
because it can't be that much. There's one school. There's 12 lessons a year. I just think he looks also, slightly pale. Also, surely if apparating actually has like physical side effects from that, then it's something that should be like regulated and warned against. No. There should be research into it. No. Why is this man disappearing? Will he be fully invisible one day? I just think he's day? pale. I think maybe he's albino and Harry's never seen an <laughs> albino man. But like he's described as having like transparent lashes and stuff. So maybe he's got white hair. He's just really old. Harry's never seen a really yeah, old man. I don't know. I feel like it was definitely written in here by JK. Like I, I know Harry's, Harry's an idiot. Fucking idiot. He is, but I don't know. I just the point still stands. This man is not actually apparating that much. Therefore, what is his full time job? Because if this man can have a yearly salary of 12 days work a year. Sign me the fuck up. You need to learn how to operate first. All right, got you. Got it. Let's got it. do it. Wait, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Wee, and she's <laughs> gone. She's oh, gone. Yeah, I actually operated back into this seat. I see. Yeah. So Malfoy is told off for talking to Crab. So when there's a moment where everyone's kind of moving around, Harry sneaks across the room to eavesdrop on their conversation and then immediately alerts them to the fact he's there. I know, I'm like, listen more, you fucking idiot. He's the worst spy ever. (laughs) Like, Draco's giving up some serious tea and Harry's like, you know what, I could stay quiet and get loads more gossip here. But no, I've got to make a snarky remark that's not even that snarky or intelligent. Because he fancies him. I know. It's the only explanation. I want to talk to my crush. It's the only explanation. So Malfoy is telling Crab off. He's saying, I don't know how much longer it's going to take. You can't know what I'm doing, but you still need to be a lookout. Mm -hmm. Suspicious. They're they're suspicious, so. So apparition is basically just imagining where you want to go and determinately going there, which is kind of cool because... I do like instances in Harry Potter where magic is inherent inside the people and doesn't necessarily need a spell. Yeah, still seems like not really teaching it. And also... I mean, what, how do you teach it? At the end of the day, if this is all it, if this is all it is, how do you teach it? I guess, but also question, could you accidentally apparate? Like, no, you'd have to spin. Why would you be spinning? Okay, you're out shopping you desperately need a piss you really need a piss and there's no toilets anywhere nearby and you're thinking oh i just really wish i was at home on the toilet right now and then someone goes oh hannah because they spotted you you turn to go look at them but you're thinking about the fact you need to piss and all of a sudden you're stood in your toilet i think you'd splint yourself but yes i do think it's possible yeah you uh... (laughs) were So, yeah, they all are just trying to, like, apparate into a hoop, which I agree with something someone mentions in a later chapter, that it's easier outdoors because, yes, it's easier to imagine a real location than the inside of a hoop. Like, I just don't yeah. think that's useful, actually. How are you supposed to, like, differentiate? Oh, exactly. You could, you could end up in the centre of someone else's hoop. Yeah, surely you need a hoop with, like, a random object inside. Well, yeah, it's just not enough. Yeah, I, I do like these instances where the magic is inherent inside the people, like... It's funny how easy it is and how difficult it is. Like, oh, you could have all been doing this the whole time is what's kind of funny about it. Yeah. So they're all attempting it. None of them can do it. And on attempt number four, Susan Bones splinches herself and leaves her leg behind. Now, it is very clear in this book that this does not include blood loss. Convenient. And I am pretty sure in book seven, 
Ron's splinching also doesn't involve blood loss, and that is just a film thing. But also, that doesn't make any, any sense. sense. How would you lose a leg and have no blood loss? Does it just seal up? Is it just like a fleshy? Is her leg there and just like with just flesh on the top of it? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. This is the thing. Like the books, she's not bleeding out. If she's screaming in panic, she is not bleeding out. You'd faint immediately. Is it some kind of like magical, like phantom limb thing where? your blood is still going into it because it thinks it's still there or something like maybe you would start bleeding after a while but what's weird about it is she's screaming in pain so like it's painful but but she's not bleeding out it's it's a massive plot hole and basically jk rowling was probably told by an editor to make it less gruesome yeah but yeah i'm pretty sure ron's thing is described as like a clean scoop being taken out his shoulder mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's just i a love film a good thing. old fleshy scoop fleshy scoop i am pretty sure it's just a film thing the fact he has blood loss but maybe i'm wrong yeah but it doesn't really make sense either way pretty grim yeah pretty gross poor susan so harry and no one else does anything interesting harry and ron hurry back up to gryffindor tower after the lesson small note that peeves tries to make them set their pants on fire and i don't i would like to know if in the american edition this got translated (laughs) oh yeah because it says pants both times and pants in england means your underwear but pants in the u.s means your trousers and i really want to know whether this got translated because it's so much funnier in the english version yeah it means your underwear they're having to set their underwear on fire so he uses the marauders map to find malfoy who's not doing anything. He's just back in the common room. And then Harry's like, I'm going to keep an eye on him from now on. Neville did set fire to his own underwear. Which I... It's not. It's just... Um, uh, So... Did he take them off? No! I thought he kept them on! But so he was on fire? He set fire to himself? As opposed to what? Walk a different route? Just walk past the ghost that you could probably walk through. Oh, he's not a ghost. He's a poltergeist. He's solid. You can't okay. walk through peeves. Yeah, walk around the man. <laughs> but also, okay. So he, oh, he must have left them on. Oh, I'm, I'm really... I don't know what's worse. The idea that he set fire to himself whilst wearing his pants or that he took them off and he explained... Explained? Just exposed his arsehole and ballsack to, like, the entire corridor. Especially because we've no idea what they actually wear underneath robes. But, okay, let's say he was still wearing them and set fire to them, but used some spell that it wouldn't... The Burn flames wouldn't him. hurt him. Yeah. And that, like the flames would only flame to a certain point which then i like to think that he's essentially wearing assless chaps the oh, he flame is. Is like- he is, but he's wearing robes so it's fine until he gets <laughs> up to the dormitory and literally in front of harry and ron just whips up his yeah. robes to change and his then underwear they're like fucking neville in his assless chaps again <laughs> he loves those assless chaps can you imagine neville and his assless chaps that's just- a good band name neville and his assless chaps can you imagine how much butts and cocks and balls you'd see in a male dormitory i just can't oh, even I have get imagined. over it joke oh. ah, children it's I not just, the sexy orphans they just, i'm not interested i just you just no anyway so uh, over the next weeks harry uses the mortars map to spy on malfoy he's obsessed he's like where's draco he's leaving lessons like where's draco also right i didn't understand oh this. my god 
This is like the old-fashioned wizarding equivalent of snap maps. Yeah. Not that I use though, cause, those because I'm not a nonce. No. But, but I just know what is. they are. They used to exist on Be Real for a while. Yeah. For the See, first few months of Be Real, it had like a snap map. Feature. Yeah, I know. But Neil told me about this, but mine has never had that. Oh. But then Neil the other day turned to me and he was like, oh, I hate the new Be Real That was update. both of us, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, I haven't had this. And he showed me, and it was literally might be real has looked like that it the entire time. So I think that, like, yeah, iPhone just hasn't had that in ages because uh. we're, you know, morally better people. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> that so is a joke. Harry's looking at the map all the time, but Harry is a fucking idiot. Okay, so yeah. he keeps not being able to find Malfoy, but finds crab and goyle in deserted corridors sometimes not doing anything and the way that he says corridors as if it like kind of changes right okay so this is what i didn't understand either harry is actually the dimmest person on earth and doesn't notice that it's a the same corridor and b a corridor he knows very fucking well and has mm-hmm. monitored on the map before because it's the room of requirement or draco has asked the room of requirement or the room of hidden things is unplottable and therefore the corridors are changing every time potentially but then how does that work in terms of draco knowing where to station crab and goyle no 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 crab and goyle are stationed the same place every time the unplottableness only affects maps and the map is showing that crab and goyle are in a different place every time (sighs) maybe i guess it's one of those things we just will never know because it really depends on I guess, like, the power of the map and the power of the room. Because fair enough, the room inside being unplottable, fine. But Surely can it that doesn't extend, extend to the corridor? To out of it? And, like, because I could even buy that it was maybe opening up separate doors, but around the area. So say it's a square room, you could have essentially four different doors on the four different walls. But that would still be in the general vicinity. Well, we know that Neville is so good with the magic of the room that the end of book seven he has made it unplottable and that the doors open around the corridor around the school randomly but that is implied that it is implied in this book that draco only thinks it's a room of lost things the same yeah. as voldemort did that's what i was assumed and that's neville being really fucking good at working the room like neville has a special talent of how to ask the room, room of requirement for things which is weirdly hot yeah, I'm inclined to think that it is always the same corridor and that Harry is just a fucking idiot. He's monitored people leaving that corridor on the map before. I know. And also, like, I feel like if it were me, it would take me three days to be like, same place, always. And it'd probably even take me less time than that than being like, okay, they're there. I'm just going to take a casual walk past. Well, exactly. Go and look what they're standing around and doing. You know they're guarding something. Even if you can't see Draco, go and look what they're looking at. Because, like, it's surely not normal student behaviour for them to be chilling in a hallway. Well, also, if he had gone and looked at them sooner, he would have got there, looked at the map and gone, do you know what? I'm not looking at crap. I'm looking at a first-year girl. Yeah. Something is fucking wrong. I'm going to go talk to Dumbledore because the map, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, Dumbledore doesn't really know I have, but whatever, says I'm looking at crap, but I'm not. I'm looking at a first-year girl. Mm. I mean, one, I think Dumbledore probably does know because I think Lupin probably told him. Yeah. Two, how were they harvesting the hair or the DNA? What were they doing to those first-year girls? I I really hope you can all hear the Hannah's drain backing up ASMR. (laughs) 
I don't want any no we're not going to talk about it <laughs> they're just sneaking up behind them and cutting their hair okay but, like that's okay no, no, like not that's okay. normal no it's not <clears throat> the next Hogsmeade trip has been cancelled which is incidentally on Ron's birthday and Ron is so selfishly like annoyed about it he's like you know, I know that someone almost died, but also it's my birthday. I mean, to be fair to Ron, they could have cancelled it more in advance. The fact they cancel it one week before is a bit mean. Like, you've already made your shopping list, you've already made your plans. Like, if you knew the kids couldn't go, just tell them months before. I... I understand Ron being a bit annoyed. Just tell them weeks before, not one week. That's mean. Yeah, I guess. Katie is still in St Mungo's. I feel so bad for Katie. Katie must have had to repeat a year, bless her heart. She has missed a whole year by the time she comes back in a few chapters. Yeah, but the petrified people didn't. Good point. I don't... Yeah, but Katie's in seventh year. Oh, <laughs> Surely yeah. that's a really important one. Like, fair enough, Colin Creevy missing his first year. It'll be fine. He'll catch up. Katie's missing seventh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she'll pass her exams. Um, and also people are disappearing all the time. That's just a background thing and a lot of them are members of like Hogwarts students' family. Ron's birthday is apparently March the 1st, which the book presents as if it's information we are already aware of, which we are very much not. Ron or Hermione's birthday have not been mentioned once in these books. I don't know anything about star signs and I couldn't even tell you what star sign March the 1st is. But when I read this, I was like, yeah... Ron seems like he would be born in March. Yeah, I see it for Ron. Yeah, like in a derogatory way. Oh, I didn't. And see I it don't like know. That. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google what star Do you know sign what? that is. I don't actually know anyone with a birthday in March. I know so many people in February. Yeah, I've got one of those like gatherings in February when you have like I'm, gatherings. I'm always friends with people that. Actually, no, not always. I always date people and then sometimes are friends with people that have like end of the year. Like, I'm oh, talking I have like. A, that's the other one I have collection. I have end of the year and I have February. Pisces. He's a Pisces. He's a Pisces. And I, have, I have. Yeah, not sure I know any Pisces. No, don't I don't have anything against, to my knowledge, Pisces, but I just. I read him being born in March and I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense in a derogatory way. I'm going to read some Pisces okay. information. Um. I just love that the book presents this as information as if we know it. It's just like, you've never mentioned Ron Hermione's birthdays before. Pisces is a sensitive water sign ruled by the planet Neptune. Your sign is fluid and tends to tends to be sympathetic to the underdog. Well, it's so easy to... <laughs> I'd say that's true of Ron. It's so easy for you to feel other people's experiences that they can obscure your own. No. You can be vague and escapist, but make up for it by being compassionate. <laughs> And intuitive. No. 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 I, no. I've been doing like, like making like character profiles recently. And something I've really been enjoying is like giving star signs and then also giving like Myers-Briggs to characters to like work out more about the characters. Okay. Irrationally fun and a really good way to like concept characters. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. You're like writing characters and then yeah. you do a Myers-Briggs test as if you are that character. Yeah. Or like okay. even like I'll start with being like, okay, I've got a vague idea of like the key character traits. So then I'll look up Myers-Briggs and be like, what one suits uh, those character traits okay. that I already have in mind? And then read more about that kind of character trait not because I believe in Myers-Briggs or anything. Like, I think that it's, like, 
interesting yeah. but i don't it's not actually really based in any kind of legit psychology but more in terms of like okay well i know that their core traits and then XYZ, i need more to yeah. them and this is a really good way to flesh it out the yeah. same with like star signs sure yeah yeah it's like a fun way to do it because then you don't have to like come up with a character completely from scratch when for side characters you don't need to necessarily make it from scratch but also you do need more to them than just like three personality traits sure okay yeah i understand that i don't know i just i i find it interesting like kind of myers briggs and star signing characters so reading that for ron i'm like yeah jk didn't do that no and that's fine (laughs) you know why i think it doesn't suit ron i picture and okay and this is annoying because harry oh no harry's a is harry end or start he's start he's end of year isn't he so he's a youngin He's 31st of July. Yeah, so he's like the end of the school Ooh, year. July. So he's like a youngin. He's a very young and very, yeah. very, very young. But that's where I would put Ron because he's so fucking immature. Oh no, I see Ron as a mid-year one that you forget. I Hermione is definitely a start of year baby. September oh, 19th is perfect. Absolutely. But like Ron, to me, he's so fucking immature and dumb that I'm like, he would be end of year. Not, and I don't. And, and, but the end just of to y- say to any end of year people, I that's not. It's, uh, okay. You naturally have a massive disadvantage. But the reason why I remember th- the, the reason why I don't think this is because the one true end of year I know, and I mean in the category where you have to, the parents have to decide what year they go into. One of the cleverest, most in, mo- emotionally intelligent guys I've ever met. It's not Neil, is it? No. He was called Dale. He's now a maths teacher. And I would imagine he is an absolutely fucking fantastic one. What year did they put him into? Uh, the older ones. He was the youngest out of all of us. Oh, that's quite rough. I know. I've met a few people. I actually babysat for some kids at one point, child-minded for these kids at one point, who were in that five-day category as well where their mum had to sign. She said it was a horrible decision. She really didn't know what to do. I would always make them the oldest. Because I just think... Uh, she she did that in the end, yeah. In terms of, like, academic advantage, like, you're gonna... They're gonna be almost a full year, sometimes within days younger. Mm. How were they supposed to stand as chance academically against those people yeah. and like also like emotionally and like i think I'd even in terms of like even in terms of like when they're 18 and start to drink like, yeah that i think that would what would do it for me <laughs> you'd be like no 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 my my kids need to be able to get drunk with oh, the no, other kids I remember how frustrating it was for the really young ones mm. in our second year first second year of sixth form when they, they they didn't turn 18 yeah until basically we'd left like i remember that being really frustrating yeah but no i do see one as a mid-year baby that forgettable kind of march time all right january nobody likes january nobody likes my birthday yeah i i controversially like my december birthday my 22nd december birthday. that is controversial i don't know many people that like their late december birthdays and i know a lot of late december people <laughs> yeah i i don't know like people always they're like oh that must suck and i'm like does it i've never known anything else <laughs> i don't i think but i don't really celebrate i don't celebrate my birthday so yeah doesn't matter. I don't love mine. No, Not- no, no. Yours is the worst. I'm sorry. Yours is awful. January mine- is a shit time. So I mine- feel like I normally roll my eyes when people do half birthdays. Aside from if they're born in January, then I'm like, fair. Well, my half birthday falls on Neil's birthday, essentially. So I'm always like, can I just share yours? Okay, so... As I mentioned right at the beginning of the chapter, but this is where I wrote the note, six weeks have passed because we're now on March the 1st in this chapter. And it's just done very well. It's just... 
she always really shortens this bit between December and Easter. Yeah. Like, it's it's always... Because she writes a lot about before Christmas. She writes a lot about the sun and summer term. But normally Christmas and Easter are really crammed together. But you don't really notice. Whereas in book seven, it's done mm-hmm. awfully. I also think that, like, the classics classic example of when you're comparing how authors tackle the passing of time can you guess what i'm going to compare it to for something that does it awfully i actually can't no twilight when oh my god oh are you talking about in new moon with the pages no 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 like book one twilight and i mean she does it a bit throughout the series but book one is awful for it rather than being like and then a week passed obviously not said like that but you know rather than implying a week has passed she will describe every single day but Um, literally she will be like and then she went to school and then she had these lessons and then she went back from school and she was still pining after edward and then the next day she went to school and she had these lessons and then she came home from school and she pined for edward and then she went to school the next day edward wasn't there and then she had these lessons and then and like just that is the book what's annoying is i understand in more contemporary books where things are different each day showing the passing of time can be quite challenging with a school book jk rowling does it so well because if you say weeks have passed in a creative way whether it's about the weather or about what's going on in the school we know what's happening each day like i can perfectly picture the fact that they're going to lessons they're doing their homework they're doing quidditch practice because all that's been set up in the first few weeks and and we all know what school is like and that's why it works so well in this book i'm just like yeah six weeks have passed yeah of course they have yeah but then like twilight should be the same thing it's the same concept but it's so bad like because i only just read it as an adult like a year or a bit ago and i literally was just like why is she describing every Every single day just describe the days that matter like yeah but she just and i think it's something as well because twilight reads like fan fiction and i think that is one of the common errors that fan fiction falls into yeah and don't get me wrong it is really hard to do like the passing of time it is but it's just such a fan fictiony thing to be like no 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 i must describe describe every day every day yeah yeah so it's ron's birthday it's march 1st harry wakes up says happy birthday and immediately wants to look at the map because that's what he's been doing every morning because he's obsessed his first thought when he wakes up is where's draco how's draco where's draco how's draco he's been hiding the map every day which you're putting it in a trunk which you can lock i don't understand Mm. why he's hiding it every day i mean probably because alohomora exists true enough yeah, I guess I get him hiding it, but it looks like a blank Actually, piece. Actually, is of... it Alohomora? Is that the. Yeah, that's, yeah, the... that's it. Yeah. But also, it looks like a blank piece of parchment. But I guess maybe enough people know about it by this point that he wants to hide it. Mm. So, anyway, he pulls a load of things out, wrenches a load of things out of his trunk, gets the map. Um, it's just for the plot point. It's just for the plot point. Ron is opening his presents. Harry got him some keeper gloves, which kind of seems like a rude present when you are the captain <laughs> of the fucking British team. Do better, bitch. Literally, I'm like bit rude but okay i think you need a grippier gloves or maybe you would if you could ever fucking catch the ball in the first place that's genuinely what this gift felt like to me i was like bit rude okay ron has been given a gold watch with symbols and stars around it which we don't learn at this point is a typical coming of age gift but we will 
in book seven. Mm-hmm. But the point is, Harry couldn't give less of a shit about this watch, which is fucking rude. Yeah. Like, Ron never gets anything super nice. Anything new. Anything new. He always gets handmade or secondhand. He is showing off his lovely watch. He's saying, oh, I wish I could be 17 every year. And Harry's like, where's Draco? Literally. Where's Draco? He literally, the text says, he spares the watch a glance. It's your best friend. He's such a dick. I'd be like, oh my God, show me. That's so exciting. No, he's a dick. Fucking dick. Yeah. So Ronnie is eating some chocolate cauldrons um, and they're getting ready to leave because Harry couldn't find Draco. Ron isn't that interested in the fact that Harry couldn't find Draco, which is valid because Harry wasn't interested in Ron's birthday. Mm-hmm. Ron suddenly has a strange look on his face and doesn't want breakfast, which is odd to Harry because Ron loves food, which is mm-hmm. fair enough. Same. Um, and Ron then says, I can't stop thinking about her. And Harry's immediate panic is absolutely hilarious to me because he thinks he's talking about lavender and he's literally like, I don't want to talk about this. I can't talk about this with him. Yeah. I have a note that... <laughs> the voice that Stephen Fry does oh, for Ron with the love potion I've makes never me listen to it uncomfortable to my core what is it do you want me to try and find it I do it? yes who are you talking about said Harry with an increasing sense that all reason had dropped out of the conversation <laughs> Romilda Faye <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it make your skin Romilda like he says it like he's on the edge of a fucking orgasm oh god like Stephen Fry please stop edging yourself in the studio ew <gasps> yeah so you just made the audio of it I love how much Harry panics is like I genuinely cannot talk to Ron about lavender and then it's like if he starts calling her lav lav I'm gonna put my foot down I <laughs> like I'm so in two minds about this. On the one hand, I'm like, Harry, my man, it's not that deep. If your friend's happy and in love, be happy for him. Like, you should be able to hear about, you know, men should be able to talk about feelings Well, exactly, they never talk about their feelings. Clearly, the two of them never talk about their feelings. Yeah. And, you know, men should be able to do that and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But then on the other hand, if you started calling Neil, I don't know what you would call him. Nini. (laughs) Nini. If you started, like, pouring all over Neil in front of me, calling him Nini, and if he started calling you the Han-Han, I... Yeah. You would have to put your foot down. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would. The thing is, we shouldn't find this section so funny because it's a love potion section, but it is genuinely written hilariously. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it's written. Uh, Turns out Ron is talking about Ramilda Vane. Yeah. (laughs) Harry Cotton's on so slowly yeah he's like it's a joke it's your joke. joke it's he should have guessed I from know, the name Romilda Vane yeah what was going on yeah I know Ron is a funny character and makes the most jokes at the trio and sometimes does little bits he's never in the history of the books gone this far in no, on a joke he's never done like pranks yeah the twins are the pranks. He's yeah. not pranks. He's funny one-liners and sarcastic comments. Yeah, exactly. So and it's-, it's also weird that later in the chapter when Ron gets poisoned, spoilers alert, that Harry knows instantly. Like, before Ron's even done anything, he knows something is wrong. I'm this, so excited to talk about that bit. This, he's like, I don't know what's ah, going on, you little prankster. Ron's being his little funny little self. 
help. And Harry's like, I'm sick of this joke now. I'm walking off. So Ron punches him around the ear. Uh, My note, thanks to autocorrect, (laughs) was Ron hits Gary. (laughs) Damn it, Gary. (laughs) Somehow, just some other character that until this point has never been mentioned before called Gary. All this time, the boys' dormitory has actually been Harry, Ron, Neville, Seamus, Dean, Dean and and Gary. Gary Gary. pops his head up and is like, hey guys, how are you? And Ron's like, what? I like to think Gary went, happy birthday, Ron. And Ron was like, (laughs) boom. Ron just knocks the fuck out of Gary. R.I.P. Gary. R.I.P. Gary. (laughs) Ron killed Gary. Gary's now dead. It's yeah. fine. It's part of the death quota. Um, so Harry levy corpuses <laughs> Ron, which is the first spell that comes to mind, which, fair enough, it does kind of stop people without hurting them. It's a good spell to stop people doing things like punching you, I guess. <laughs> Could you ever imagine if you were in a situation where you, like, had to do a spell, like, had to do something with magic and it just had to be the first thing that came to mind and, like, you got one of those intrusive thoughts that you just couldn't get out of your brain where, like, the only spell was, like, Crucio or some shit or, like, a and you're like any other spell bro. any, any other, other spell, spell. and it's just like spell. show you you're like no <laughs> and you accidentally do like non-verbal magic because you're thinking about it so much oh my god could you accidentally do that <laughs> I don't think you could accidentally Avada Kedavra someone could you accidentally cruise you someone <laughs> that would be so funny if someone was really getting on your tits yeah. just like oh I wish I could cruise you them oops yeah <laughs> and at the same time you then accidentally apparate wee <laughs> So Harry finally realises that the co- chocolate cauldrons are from Ravilda Vane. Which, why did you keep them? I know. He's you a dumb bitch. they had love potion in and you took them from her hands. I understand you're distracted. You take them from her hands. You take them up to your room. Mm. I understand that. And what I can only assume is Harry is such a mucky pup with a horrible case that he didn't clear out till the beginning of book seven that he genuinely didn't notice it yeah because at the end of book seven he's like god there's glass in here from the end of book five yeah but no it makes sense no one's ever told harry how to clean up well after himself and like cleaning is something that has to be taught well yeah and like i don't know i hate on the one hand i'm like it annoys me when people are just genuinely disgusting like people in university like when you have to live with them but on the other hand people seem to never like talk or take into consideration the fact that cleanliness and cleaning is taught yeah hygiene is taught yeah and like it something that i really like on tiktok is this side of like clean talk that's very like cleaning is a thing that has to be taught you're not born with the knowledge of how to clean every single thing in your house it's like what's her face i'm obsessed with what's her name i forget her name i've forgotten as well but i love her yeah it's this um the the lady the middle-aged lady yeah she's like a very middle class middle-aged lady on tiktok she's very pro-trans right and anti-j pro-trans rights and anti-jk rolling but she also just makes like the most wholesome like cleaning content and stuff and yeah but she's not the only one we will link her down below by the way yeah a lot of like that kind of side of clean talk is like you're not born with the knowledge of how to clean things here's how you clean things and here's how you take care of things and i like this and like thinking about that like from that point of view no one has ever taught harry how to clean up after himself the dursleys well actually you say that 
Harry was told to clean a lot as a chore. So I think he does know how was to he? clean. Well, in book... Oh, and I can't remember which one it is. I really can't remember which one it is. But I feel like Aunt Petunia made him go and clean something. Mm. Or maybe they made him go and do the gardening. He was definitely made to go and do something. I always remember him being made to uh, cook and, yeah, garden. Maybe but it the wasn't clean. Even if he was forced to clean, that's not the same as being taught to clean. True, yeah. My mum, admittedly, I mean, she didn't even teach me how to cook when I would repeatedly ask before I went away to university. But she never taught me how to, like, clean stuff either. Mm. Like, which was bad parenting. Thanks for that, mum. But yeah, like, Harry, he's had the Dursleys who would make him do things, but that's not the same as, like, teaching yeah. him. And there's also, like, there's a, there's two things. There's, like, the teaching of how you actually clean things. And then there's also, like, the teaching of, like, why it's good to yeah and why actually like taking care of your environment and things like that are important and no one's taught that to harry harry who is someone that struggles with his mental health like probably would benefit from From having a trunk that doesn't have seven years worth of junk yeah and having like the only reason he has a clean environment is because he's got fucking house elves looking after him like that's the thing no wonder it's like not taught by wizards because they've got fucking house elves or at least the privileged ones do but yeah like they have house elves doing everything for them obviously they're not going to sort harry's trunk that's his personal belongings but no one's ever got glass in it i know but no no one's ever like sat harry down and be like hey it's really important to like you know keep your belongings in good condition and you know not treating your space as sacred yeah and here's how you know you can clean that up like no one's ever done that so no wonder it's got glass in and poisoned cauldron cakes i still think he should have thrown the poisoned cauldron cakes away i will say (laughs) that one is obvious yeah like oh i'm just gonna i understand on the day throwing them down you're stressed about other things Mm. but like it's it's poison (laughs) yeah it's got love potion in it harry you fucking idiot yeah so it transpires Harry had thrown it out of his trunk while he was looking for the Marauder's Map. And Ron had... Harry calls him an idiot for this. Ron is in the right here. He thought, oh, I've got a pile of presents and there's some cut chocolates on the floor. They've fallen off my pile of presents. I've always thought the opposite. I always found this really annoying of Ron. No, I'd fully see this. But they're not wrapped or anything. Yeah, I guess, but... Why would you just But maybe it's a nice box of chocolates. Maybe it's those one of the box of chocolates with the bit of ribbon around it where it already looks wrapped. Maybe, but I don't know. I've always found it annoying that he just presumes that they're his. Because it's his birthday and Ron is messy and the place is probably littered with ripped up bits of wrapping paper. But, like, he didn't unwrap them. He didn't see them in his pile. I don't know. I kind of get it from Ron, especially. Like, I think I would question it, but I kind of get it from Ron's character. It kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I just find everything Ron does annoying. <laughs> So yeah, Harry realises what is going on. Ron has eaten the spiked chocolates, whereas Ron thought they were a gift. Harry genuinely debates for a bit of time inside his own head not helping Ron. He genuinely, there is a paragraph where he goes, it would be quite funny if I let him down and let him run amok. But, and then he says, and I quote... Ron was supposed to be his friend. 
Harry is like, today should I be an awful person or should I not be an awful person? <laughs> Harry. I was genuinely like, what the fuck are you talking about? Harry, my man. You can't be like, do you know, it would be really banterous to just let Ron run amok, but oh, I'm supposed to be his friend. Could you imagine if the night I spiked, if Aiden had been like, you know what? It would just be really funny if I just let her do whatever she yeah, yeah, wants yeah. to do. She's being a bit of a nuisance, so I'm just going <laughs> to let her go. It's just funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's just funny. It's just really, really funny. That's what I did. I caught the bus home. was like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Bye! No, it's so it's funny not because... not what happened. <laughs> I mean... It's not! <laughs> no, but it's so funny because Hannah was like... Hannah was like I'm so sorry like I didn't realise I'm like don't apologise like of course you didn't realise and she's like I just thought you were being in a really good mood I was like why what what was I doing and she was like you were just being very like affectionate and touchy and feely and really nice and I was like and you didn't realise something was wrong I thought you were in a really good mood when have I ever been like that sometimes you are no occasionally when when you've been a bit drunk before no when you have you've kissed me on the cheek before when you're drunk and you've told me you when? love me at other events we've done okay but also that would have been when very drunk and that night i'd had not many drinks but exactly i thought in the half an hour we were separated you'd had a lot of drinks i'm not actually of course blaming you of course you wouldn't know i just found it really funny when you were like you're being really touchy-feely i'm like and you didn't think something was wrong <laughs> Uh, so yeah harry is the world's shittest friend <laughs> i just can't mm. believe this from him so harry's like yeah all right i'll take him to slughorn like fine i'll be a good friend so they have to push past lavender at the portrait <laughs> oh. and ron tells her to go away <laughs> poor lavender this poor really laugh, is enough fault poor little yeah. lav they go to Slughorns, who's still in his pyjamas because it's a Saturday and he likes to have a lion. We and love Slughorn. And he's bleary-eyed. Yep. Slughorn then says, can they strengthen when they're past date? <laughs> These love potions are so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can get stronger mm-hmm. past their sell-by date. He also questions why Harry can't just knock up an antidote to himself, which students should not be doing. No, no, but one implies is that do they have access to out of hours potions equipment and ingredients like they have basic equipment themselves yeah yeah but like you know does harry have like a bunsen burner that he could in his common room just like set they up his cauldron fire yeah but they always talk about them actually lighting something no they point their ones at it i hmm. thought i thought it's like referenced before lighting something Surely Maybe making like a wrong. floating magical fire every time is a bit OTT. I don't know. Um, but like, is that, you know, surely there must be things against setting fires and making potions <laughs> in your common room? Well, also like, He's been illegally spiked, so maybe he would like a teacher's help to deal with that? Yeah, I, I don't also know. That, but, like, but yeah, one, is that a thing? Is there like a potions room that if they want to practice potions, they can use? Because that feels like it would be logical that they could you know because they can practice other spells out of so they should be able to practice potions but then also yeah it he shouldn't have to it should be like the potions teacher or madame pomfrey like yeah. 
you shouldn't once again i find myself in the position of being like students should not be allowed or expected to administer medical help and but also is a potions genius even if he did cure him this is still a thing that needs to be taken to a teacher to be and this is the thing there's never any repercussions of it well it's, i think if the situation gets so much worse that the love yeah. potion is no longer a fucking issue i mean yeah but it should be it's like another student has tried to date rape another student yeah but then another student someone tried to kill him so it's kind of blown out of proportion here <laughs> that's not how it works i know it's like not. two wrongs make a right like, i know it's not you know yeah, what Ramil someone someone tried to kill him so we're gonna forgive the date rape Ramil Devane deserves some sort of punishment but yeah it is kind yeah. of forgotten in the whole ron almost dies kind of situation yeah. that goes down here so Harry's like, yeah, he needs an antidote. Slughorn whips this up in like a, a weirdly short amount oh, of yeah. time. Oh yeah, it I'm just like, happens. What, what the fuck? Surely, do, do you have to check the lock? No, it's within like two sentences. I literally wrote two minutes. It took him to make mm. this antidote. But all right, fine, I'll go along with it. He's a master potions maker. Ron takes it and is so shocked. He collapses on the sofa and he's like really pale. So Slughorn's like, look, he needs to pick me up. It's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I think Slughorn's <laughs> hungover. Yes, he's bleary-eyed. He, he, he out of nowhere insists that they Ron need needs a, a pick-me-up, which one, should you be encouraging young students that they need a pick-me-up yeah, of alcohol in this situation? He does know it's Ron's birthday, but it is still nine o'clock in the morning. He's definitely hungover, and he wants an excuse to have hair at the dog. He genuinely, I genuinely thought the same thing. I was like, this man, when he's like, I normally sleep in on Saturdays, I'm like, because you yeah. are getting rip-roaring drunk on Fridays. Yeah. And I hope you're not just getting rip-roaring drunk in the office. I hope it's actually a thing that Harry hasn't realised, that all the teachers oh, definitely. are going to... And one... No, I imagine there's a ballot each week to see who's going to do Friday night duty. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, it's me this week. And all the rest go on yeah. down to the three broomsticks and get absolutely twatted. Yeah, or like twatted in the staff room. Trelawney's yes. there, of course. The like, lesbian thruple are there, yeah. of course. Of course. They go off and have, have their threesomes after occasionally McGonagall joins. The lesbian thruple bring homemade alcohol that everyone else is too scared to try. Oh, absolutely. They're like, but we made this gin ourselves from homegrown juniper berries. Yeah, we grew the plants ourselves. Adorable. <laughs> Love it. And McGonagall it. is the only one that will try it. Like, yeah, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah just like she's the only one that would join try the group sex <laughs> um yeah no absolutely slughorn is hung over yeah. and he's like this is a perfect excuse to have hair of the dog which also explains why his reactions are so slow later when it's needed yeah, yeah absolutely so ron is shocked slughorn suggests to pick me up he's going through what alcohol he has and he says oh i've got this oak matured mead that was meant to be a christmas present for dumbledore it's way too late now. Let's just use that. Mm -hmm. What did you end up giving Dumbledore for Christmas? You're a bad gift giver. Yeah. Whatever. Sargon calls Ron Ralph. <laughs> we are six months into the school year, my man. Please try a bit harder. Yeah. Harry corrects him and says, Ron. But before they can finish the toast, Ron has already thrown his back because he's like clearly, you know, a bit shocked that he's been given a love potion. Yeah. A bit upset by it. The bit that comes next, the next few paragraphs, I already knew this going in, but rereading it, this is one of my favourite sections in all seven books. There was one second, hardly more than a heartbeat, in which Harry knew that something was terribly wrong and Slughorn, it seemed, did not. 
I love it because it tells you everything you need to know about that Ron is the most important person in Harry's life. Forget what I said earlier about, about <laughs> Harry being a shit friend. Put that to one side. This moment where Harry... I, I imagine it, it's before Ron has even shown any signs mm. that something is happening. It's something in the way that something changes. It's yeah. the atmosphere in the room that Harry knows something is wrong. Harry's spider senses were tingling. Spidey senses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm now thinking of that movie well. Zendaya throws the bread. It's like, I don't have it for bread. (laughs) (laughs) And then what I love is Slughorn is in the middle of his toast and says, may you have many, many more, as in birthdays. But Ron has dropped down to the floor dying. I'm like, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I... I just love it because I want more instances of Harry and Ron's friendship and how important Ron is to Harry. And it's just that moment where Harry truly realises something is like really, really wrong. But yeah, Slughorn, Harry's first instinct is to yell at Slughorn to do something. Which makes sense because Slughorn is the adult in the room. Yeah. Slughorn is completely shell-shocked, which kind of makes sense, but not that helpful. Hungover. Yeah. So Harry jumps into action. And I love it because also I love the way this this section is written because it feels like it's written in slow motion. Yeah. Like it feels like I can see Ron collapsing to the ground, but the way it's written is in slow motion, the way the glass falls, the way his limbs twitch, the mm. way his mouth throffes. Like all of that is happening so quickly, but Harry sees it in slow motion because Harry's someone that thinks best in panic situations. Like, we know from the books that Ron is okay in panic situations, Hermione is bad in panic situations, and Harry is very good in panic situations. So as soon as he realises Slughorn isn't going to help, he leaps over a table, runs to Slughorn's briefcase. I like to think it was a really small table. He literally <laughs> like, could <laughs> He's like, for the drama. Yeah, I'm going to leap over this table. It's literally a side table. Yeah. He could have gone around it. Yeah. And finds the bezel that he gave Slughorn earlier in this chapter which is just mm. it's very good i hate it but it's very good yeah <laughs> i've always like wondered how beetles work because yeah. the specific instructions are like shove it down their throat it's a stone i wrote this what's he doing with it to be fair if it it could be i mean i forget because beetles are natural like thing at yes, least in mythology thing. i can't remember if I'm pretty it's sure it's thing. actually a real thing but it could be essentially like charcoal because there's like another book that I've read, like charcoal anyway, because it's used in like beauty stuff, obviously, and it's like used to essentially like it absorbs things. But mm. there's another book I've read where someone gets poisoned mm. and someone else literally like makes them like eat charcoal, lovely, to try and like reduce the effects of it essentially. So like if it was something a bit like that, like something absorbent maybe, but more, I'm like it says like shove it down their throat. It doesn't say make them eat it, make them swallow it or something. It's like shove it down their throat. I'm like okay. So, like, it's just a weird way of phrasing it. I'm like, it is. Do they have to swallow it? But it's a like, stone. Surely they choke. Yeah. Is it just down their throat? Do they have to actually swallow it? Therefore, is it once it, you know, reaches their stomach? Like, it's just so specific to say shove it down their throat. Yeah, like, it is. And then it's, like, described as a stone. So surely that's quite hard to get someone who is choking on a poison because one is frothing at the mouth yeah. to get them to swallow a stone. What if they choke on it? How do you get that swallowed? I don't know. I don't understand. Is he going to have to pass that? I don't know. I think that's the least. He's poor arsehole. He's poor arsehole. But I love also that the chapter ends with Ron became limp and still. And you genuinely don't know if he's dead or not. Yeah. 
I wish he was. No! It'd be so fucking funny. No! It's fine. He could be replaced by Gary. Gary! And we've got Harry, Gary, and Hermione. Yeah, I absolutely love that section. Yeah. I think it's so well written. And yeah, very. I love when Harry finally remembers how much Ron should mean to him rather than being like, <laughs> should mean to him. Am I going to let him run amok and ruin his life? <laughs> Ron means a lot to him because no one else would put up with what a bad friend he is. Exactly. Aside from Hermione. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Yep. Do we have a question? No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> we might do. I don't actually know. She doesn't know. Okay. Well. Let me see. R.I.P. Let's see if I can find one. Give me a minute. Because I can't pretend it's okay when it's not my heart, my hips, my body, my love. Trying to find a part of me you didn't take up. Maybe too much, but it was such both sides in a haunted club. Our songs, our films, united, we stand, our country. Yes, it was a lawless land. Quiet my... No. Nope. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons Zach, Yolanda, Sir Bandersnatch, Samuel, Phoenix, Patrick, Nick, Michael, Layla, Kylie, Catherine. Joshua, Jasmine, and Ash. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.